0: Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessfempire.com. I have shared a little bit about my story about what the week after I quit my corporate job and started this huge entrepreneurial journey looked like. So I completely understand that it is a terrifying journey, whether you dip your toes in lightly, or you jump in headfirst, quit the job, lose the health insurance, all the things. Either way, it's terrifying. It is terrifying to pursue a passion that you are going to take on full time. Today's interview is with one of my has become a very dear, dear friend, Kelsey Berlinberg of Forever Green Photography. Kelsey was one of the OGs in the Launched a Livelihood course, um, which is a course I offer for photographers who are ready to go full-time or know that they eventually want to go full-time. Kelsey and I met through a mutual friend, Christina, who was actually one of me and Mike's brides. Oh my gosh, I don't, it was forever ago. I think I had just had our first son. So yeah, five five years ago, I think and we we met. And Kelsey, I remember you you telling me honestly just about was it last year in the last few months that you were like, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. I am not jumping into a photography coaching course, and you were like, that's just not something I'm I want to do.
1: Yeah, um, and also funny, I think it's Christina's anniversary, <laughs> like the today. Couple, oh yeah, days. yeah, in the next today or tomorrow. Um, or yesterday. Oh, so that's that's hilarious.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so perfect. Well, and it's funny because we've been planning this this podcast for months now, and one mm-hmm. of us has been sick every time. So yeah, how, how serendipitous that it landed on Christina's uh, anniversary.
1: Yeah, meant to be. Happy anniversary, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> Happy
0: anniversary. <laughs> um,
1: I'm so glad I met you, and I've kind of fallen into your world and just we really vibed and um, I'm learning so much from you and you're giving me a lot of confidence. I'm the type of person who um, with my business, I work full time, as you mentioned, in a corporate role and I love my job and I go back and forth every, I don't know, would you say every month or so? where I'm like, yes. I'm going to quit my corporate job. I love my corporate job. I'm staying. So I'm the type where I'm dipping my toes into the world of potentially leaving and working for myself and my photography business full time. And I think I'm I'm sort of taking that step, the baby step, dipping my toes in, uh, to to take a leave of absence from work coming up for six weeks to focus on photography for the fall season. So really excited. Had my business for it must be two and a half years at this point, and fall is really where I take off and it's where I shine. So I'm excited to see what happens this year while I can, you know, go full force in it.
0: Yeah. Well, so you specialize too, Kelsey, in family, specifically, family and newborn. And it's really interesting because we we always book a lot of fall weddings, but then fall is when the families come out like we can only book so many fall weddings like we only have so many Saturdays and Fridays available and Sundays, but man, the fall and family is just come out. And so it truly is like that feast and famine for specifically family photographers. Well, I don't want to say feast Mm -hmm. or famine. I was recently talking with a friend about what it's like to really embrace the seasons as an entrepreneur. And fall is harvest season. Speaking of tonight, there is a full blue moon and I'm freaking out about it. I'm going to like make some cacao and burn some stuff, but neither here nor there. But I do think that there's something really special about fall also becoming this harvest season As photographers, like we like you are nose to the grind shooting multiple photo shoots a day almost every night of the week in the fall. And then it's so crazy. Like October 15th, done. Nothing until spring. And it's really interesting. Like, I mean, that's how our ancestors used to live. Like harvest, 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 get all the food, get all the food, and then all the food's gone. And you're just, you're just bunkering down. There's nothing left to harvest, there's nothing left to do except enjoy winter in the downtime. How do you feel? Like, do you feel like that feels pretty aligned? How our career just ebbs and flows with the season?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think I'm. that's what I'm struggling to like find right now, especially working mm-hmm. full-time, that balance of what is my pattern with my ideal client. Because for me, in the last couple of years, my season doesn't seem to start until like mid-October. And then it goes through January. I seem to get a lot of, Last minute inquiries, I seem to get a lot of clients who are like, "Hey, we forgot to book a photographer, and it's like Thanksgiving weekend. Are you free tonight on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day?" You know, I celebrate Thanksgiving too, <laughs> by the way. So I'm, I'm really. I think part of it is I've settled isn't the right word. I have opted to say yes to those opportunities for those last minute clients and the one off things that you know just to get build a portfolio. And now I feel a lot more prepared moving into this season because I have a client base. And I feel like I can be a little more selective with those and my schedule, especially because I have time. I have the, the beauty of time. So I think it is interesting. I, it's been very slow. Most of the spring, most of the summer, I've had some business coming in. But yeah, it is definitely harvest season in the fall. And I, I'm so excited. I can feel the energy already. And I can't wait for my business to like take off. <laughs>
0: So I want to hear, Kelsey, when did this little idea come out that you should take a sabbatical? Because that is, one, that's an incredible way to dip your toes in, especially since you're doing it during your busy season. I think it's so incredible that you're taking a sabbatical. You're not just taking a like two weeks of yeah. vacation. Like You fought really hard to get the full six weeks, and you said that you wouldn't be able to take that again for 10 years. So like yep. you really had to fight for this really precious time in your life. When did this idea start floating around for you? And when were you like, huh, this could actually be a reality for me?
1: Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I think because I was thinking about that the other day, it kind of stemmed out of my frustration around corporate life. So I was probably... Which say, parts?
0: Just, which parts of <laughs> frustration of corporate life?
1: <laughs> Honestly, the what it really boils down to is... Having some like, I'm an extremely hard worker. I I am really good, good at what I do. I'm a data scientist, full time. Um, and that's me owning my skills. And I know I'm good at my job. And I do not like having someone a boss above me telling me what I'm worth. And it kind of all stemmed from, I didn't get a promotion back in March that I was essentially promised, <laughs> mainly because of resources, you know, this year has been insane. And We ended up moving into a season of layoffs. And so they obviously couldn't promote at that time. We're on a promotion freeze this entire year. And I know I can make so much more money as an entrepreneur. I don't have to have someone tell me my worth or my value because I inherently know it. And
0: Oh my gosh. Will you say that again? Love (laughs) it for the people in the
1: bus. Yes. I know I am worthy of everything I make and I deserve all of it. And this year has been a really big healing journey for me in that sense. And I think Honestly, when you're in the corporate rat race, you just feel like your worth is tied to your job. And so a lot of this year, and the reason for the sabbatical was figuring out how to untangle that, that worth and that emotion and my value. And so I've untangled all of it. And that's why I was like, I kind of woke up in March, April. And I was thinking like, how do I get out of this rat race? I told myself a year from now, back in April, I no longer want to be working for a corporate job. And essentially, I was like, how do I do this? How do I test the waters? Because I'm afraid to jump in. (laughs) So I I had a coworker go on a sabbatical on a different team. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a benefit I get. This is the perfect opportunity. So that's kind of how it all started. And then I just hit the ground running. And I was like, I know my worth. I'm fighting for this. My leader kept pushing back. And again, I just kept coming back to like, I kept grounding and saying, this is what I deserve. This is a benefit you offer. I qualify for it. Let's make it happen. So it's kind of how it happened.
0: <laughs> I I just want to point out, Kelsey, that you, you have such a great head on your shoulders because you are not conforming to the corporate world. Like I feel like a lot of times when people do step out of the corporate world or they quit their job to pursue their their business full-time, they're like, It's either like me where something just really pisses you off and sets you over the edge. And you're like, you know what? I'm just done. Like I'm already booked. I already have bookings. I'm just going to do it. But you aren't doing it out of a space. Like you're doing it out of a space of awareness. You are not conforming to the corporate world. It just doesn't fit what you want anymore. And you're outgrowing it. And I feel like a lot of people don't view themselves as outgrowing the corporate world. They're just like angry at it. Like Corporate world's mm-hmm. never gonna change. It's gonna be what it is. You're gonna be promised things that don't follow through. You're not gonna get the time off you deserve. You're not gonna, you know, there's certain things that just won't change. And I think that it's really amazing that you have the awareness to go, yeah, you know, I'm just outgrowing this as a human being. This is no longer serving yeah. where you wanna go in life. Because I love that. I love that you're taking time during your sabbatical to travel. Cause that was something we talked about, just you and I together of like. You can't just go from work to work. Like, how are you going to celebrate this? Like, and that's one of the perks of entrepreneurship is like, I make my own schedule. What do I want to do? Where do I want to go?
1: Yeah, and that's something I keep going. I keep. I am struggling with a lot because I'm leaving. I feel like I'm leaving the corporate world briefly in a sense of power, which is amazing. Like you said, a lot of people quit out of spite or whatever that is. But for me, I'm trying to be very intentional about how I do this. And I really wanted to move from work to work. I was like, I have to hit the ground running. I have to make a lot of money, but I don't. I've been saving for this for four months. It's an unpaid sabbatical. So I've been you know, really intentional about how I look at this. And the focus is to really relax and reset and live that entrepreneurial lifestyle and see how it fits in my life. So I'm already making plans to like, change my weekends, which is such a, a small concept For those of you who are entrepreneurs, I'm not going to take my weekends on Saturdays and Sundays. My weekends are going to be in the middle of the week, which I think is a huge perk for a corporate person because grocery shopping, for example, on a Saturday and Sunday is the worst.
0: (laughs) I refuse. Uh, Anytime we have a weekend off, I'm like, no, I'd much rather be working. I don't want to go camping. I don't want to be out in public. I don't want to be at the grocery store. I don't want to go to the pool. I just want to do what I love, and I'll take my weekend
1: later. That's a really great point. Exactly. And so I'm trying to think about those types of things. Like, how do I rest? How, am I, how do I dive as much into this entrepreneur lifestyle as possible? I'm trying to also... Because I know photography is seasonal. And I think it will be for a while. So I'm trying to set up a consulting analytics company while I'm on sabbatical. So I'm thinking of other ways to use this time. But travel and rest is a huge priority. <laughs> so hoping to go somewhere. I'm not sure yet. I kind of just hop on planes and see what happens, uh, for a couple of weeks, the beginning of it. And if it means I miss a photo opportunity, it's okay. You know? So. Absolutely. It's not about the money. It's about the lifestyle. And I'm really trying to focus on that.
0: Oh, that's so, that's like, that's gold, Kelsey, because you're absolutely right. I mean, as an entrepreneur, it's really empowering to go, I'll make as much money as I want, but. I'm doing this for the lifestyle. We are 100% the same. Like We live where we live because we don't have to be near a city or near where the corporate jobs are. We're homeschooling our kids because I don't have to be in an office 40 hours a week or in front of a computer even for 40 hours a week. I mean, our lifestyle, Like I slept in until seven this morning and then spent three hours having coffee and separating fights between my kids, but like, I can think of a million other things I would have rather done than separate fights. But, but yeah, you're, you are embracing it with so much caution and preparation, but also like you had just mentioned that you're thinking about starting another business, which this is the first I've heard of that. And it's, and it's not just, how can I make more money during this time? You're, you seem to be approaching it with how can I honor my gifts that I still have? Like they, that may not get fulfilled. There's some data analytics that needs to be done in photography, but not enough to like fill that cup and that piece mm-hmm. of you that you love and thrive on, which is numbers. Yeah. I don't trust numbers. <laughs> numbers scare me. I, I just like, I, I'm a feelings person and you know that, but you love that, that piece of your brain and you want to nurture that. So I think it's really cool that you're, you're flirting with, with both. Mm-hmm both businesses, but it's all entrepreneurship. It's all under the umbrella of entrepreneurship. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, I think that's really important to remember because your lifestyle is very specific with like photography. I don't think I could ever personally do photography full-time just as my sole income. I just need, I'm such a logical person. I'm a Libra. I'm right brain and left-brained, left but I'm mostly, I love that. I'm mostly left-brained. So I need that influence in my life and it, it works perfectly with the seasons of photography you know so trying to set that up as an opportunity to fill you know the income to support my lifestyle throughout the rest of the year and I also want to mention I cuz it's different from you I kind of live an opposite lifestyle from you and yet we have similar goals and I still think I can live a similar lifestyle where I am so I'm in a city I'm single I live alone no children and I live a pretty urban lifestyle, and yet I can still have the same outcome of that flexibility and freedom that you have. Eventually, I want to homestead and move to the middle of nowhere and build a farm and grow my own food. I'm learning a lot right now. But, but you
0: live so much closer to the airport than we do, and that's something to know.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I can drive 10 minutes and get to Target, and like my heart loves that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think it's important to note, especially because I think a lot of, especially photographers and creatives tend to move to the middle of nowhere because they can get that flexibility. But there's nothing wrong with having that flexibility in the middle of a city, you know, and living a more traditional lifestyle too, that feels a little more corporate, even if you're not part of the corporate rat race, you know?
0: Right. Well, so I want to know, Kelsey, what were some of the steps that you took to prepare for the sabbatical? You just mentioned Mm -hmm. that you've been saving. So what was that like? What was the conversation like with your boss? Essentially, anybody who's listening yeah. right now who's like, ooh, I never considered a sabbatical. How <laughs> would I even go about doing that? What was like the very first step out of the gate thing that you yeah. did back in March and April to start preparing yourself for this season?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, so I essentially i am now thinking of my corporate job as the way to fund my future lifestyle. So... I've gotten pretty efficient at my role. I've been in it for over two years now. So I use any downtime I have, which is honestly a good amount to focus on sabbatical, building my photography business, etc. The first thing I did was talk to my leader, my manager. And I said, Hey, this is something I want to do. I know I qualify for it. I did the research, you know, in our internal HR um, benefits just to make sure I qualified. I brought it to her. Luckily, she's extremely supportive. At first, <laughs> and she said, um, "You know, she'll do whatever she can to make it happen." And she really appreciated. It. I gave her almost five months of uh, a heads up, so I think that was really important. I didn't spring this on her. If I had come to her three weeks ago, it probably would have been a bigger issue. So she had time to prepare and adjust and plan on her end from a resource perspective.
0: Well, and so did you. You you knew fall. mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to do this in the dead of winter. You knew fall. Like, you had your sights on, on this season in particular. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, like, moving forward a little bit, when we started getting closer to August, I followed up with her to see, you know, how are we feeling? What do I need to do? And she gave me a little bit of pushback. And I just stood my ground because I knew it had to be fall. It could not be winter. It could not be spring. It had to be fall. And I'm not planning on being there for another year in order to you know have a sabbatical next fall, so that was the first step. I contacted her just to get the ball rolling and get the gears turning, get her reaction. also it gave me time if she didn 't react well. it gave me time to go to HR to fight for this benefit that I qualify for, even though i didn 't need to so that was the first step, and the second was just planning. talked to my financial advisor, started scrolling away everything I could on my paycheck, just to like hit a savings goal, get that number, and I'm on track for it, which is great. And then honestly, other things I started like, I want cash, just to feel a little more secure for like dining out and that type of thing. So I'm not just blowing savings, I still want to have fun. So I'm selling stuff on Facebook marketplace. And I'm just trying to get really resourceful, like making my learning how to make my own food so that I'm not spending money elsewhere. So I've been using a lot of time to like, center in, figure out where I can save money, how I can do this realistically. And then but also have fun and spend money on things that matter like travel. And my birthday is in October. So I want to be able to like, celebrate my birthday without worrying about money. So a lot of it was money related. And then also talking to friends who are in entrepreneur lifestyles. How do you live your life? So learning that type of thing and trying to dive as far in as possible.
0: That's amazing. You've done so much work leading up to this. I think you're going to, you're going to thrive. You're going to thrive during this fall. So Kelsey, you have your own business and then you also work as a contractor, as a contracted photographer. And you had two separate goals. I, I, I just love that you love numbers so much because you had two separate goals. You had goals specifically for your own business and then goals for the contract work that you're doing. Do you want to share a little bit about that as, as well? Because again, you're you're not just putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think that that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs and specifically photographers kind of get in our head about of like, like you said, like I could not do photography solely. And that's awesome because you know that about yourself, but also you need the fulfillment elsewhere. But I think that there is this fear of putting all of our eggs in one basket and just hoping for the best. So do you, do you want to touch on that?
1: Yeah. So I work for a on-demand photography company. So essentially I give them my availability and they, they match me with their clients. I don't have have to do any marketing. Obviously I don't make as much money with them because I'm not doing my own marketing or have those expenses. I'm really big on diversified income sources. So if one, I've been laid off in the past. So if one income source disappears, I want to be able to support myself elsewhere. So that's why I really wanted to join this contract company because it could theoretically sustain me if I needed to. Not well, but it could if for whatever reason, I don't have clients come through. And this year's a little strange, I think, with the economy and clients... Signing up for sessions in general or will, being willing to spend money on photo sessions. And so we, I might end up with nowhere near as many of my own clients as I expect this fall when I wanted to have a lot more. So I'm really relying on this other company the, that I contract with to really come through to help with that income as well. So the reason I wanted goals for both is because I knew I could divide my time and my energy I don't have to spend energy on marketing with that other company. I literally just show up, shoot, edit, send it off. So, that is a huge energy saver compared to fighting for my own clients and I think that's super important as well.
0: That is really important and it's so streamlined. Like whenever you're working with a with another company, it is very streamlined. They take on the insurance, they take on like those those areas of, of business that we don't really think about like having to co- like carry insurance, which, you know, most people do anyway, but you also were getting challenged in different ways with this company shooting at different times of the day that you normally mm-hmm. wouldn't shoot with, with your clients. Cause we save, we save that, that time for golden hour and I'm using air air quotes because it's like coveted, but you also got pushed really hard with that company to really challenge your creative energy and how to use different light sources so I thought that was really cool too which is like has nothing to do yeah. with like running a business but it was just a new opportunity that gave you different challenges
1: yeah and honestly like I don't have to do any customer service with that company either which is so nice and the lighting challenges I am such a better photographer because I did that I can shoot we're doing many mini sessions with this company all day so like 2 p.m bright sun. In the summer, I've been working for them all summer. It's just taught me so much about light and photography that has improved my skills to help my full-time clients. So it's amazing. I love it.
0: Well, and, and also I know you said that you don't have to do client relations, but you have 20 minutes to make a connection with these people, get their kids happy and loving you. Like that's a huge, a huge asset for you to learn like, okay, I got 20 minutes. Like I need to make a connection. You don't have an hour and a half to like learn about their life story. You've got to figure out, and you're obviously a very big people person. You're very good with people, but I thought that was so cool too. Like you've got 20 minutes to figure out how you connect with this family get on the kids level and deliver a really great experience.
1: Yeah. And a lot of times these are not my ideal clients. (laughs) They just, show up. I don't know who they are beforehand. It's sometimes styles I'm not used to. Like I strictly work family newborn. Sometimes couples will show up. I never shoot couples. So it's a big challenge, but it keeps it interesting as well. And I think that's a huge piece too that scares me a little bit from doing photography full-time. I don't want to get bored with what I'm doing or have it feel repetitive. So this is a way to throw wrenches in the plan so it never feels boring. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's challenging. It's fun. It allows me to shoot at different times, like during the day. So I could theoretically, if I don't have a shoot at night, go out with friends, you know, and have that weekend on a Saturday if I want to, you know, so it's a lot of flexibility. And I think it's a fun asset to have that I can rely on a little bit more, especially when times might be a little tougher.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And for, for those of you who are wondering, I mean, I, there might be photographers who run their business like that, but Kelsey's not one of them. Like you are somebody where you're sending prep guides, outfit guides. You're have you you have questionnaires, you're doing a lot of legwork to get to know your client before you meet up with them. Especially whenever you do like in-home newborn sessions. That's a really really intimate space. And if you've never met these people before, it takes a lot of work to develop that relationship, to build that trust. Your website, Kelsey just launched a brand new beautiful website. It's gorgeous. And I feel like I know you, I would want you in my home after seeing all the effort that you've put in on your website of here's who I am. Here's what's important to me. You have done so much work to build that relationship with your clients, but you're absolutely right. It is nice. Like I felt that way when I was doing real estate photography, like Great. like nobody needs nobody's gonna ask anything. I don't have to prep anybody. I go in, I'll open the blinds, I'll turn the lights on. It was really nice to have something that was just a little less demanding of my time and energy leading up to the photo shoot. So I, I think it's great that, that you have done so much work to build that relationship with your clients, but that you also can see, the beauty of the polar opposite side of things as well, because those those folks who who are working with this contracted company, they're not expecting you to do all this legwork to get to know them. And when you sign up for a twenty minute shoot blindly and you don't know who you're working with, it's you're absolutely right. It's just a, it's, it's a very different clientele.
1: Yeah, and on it like I do want to make clear, like I love my clients. <laughs> I love those experiences with my full sessions at Golden Hour because that's where the magic. Happens, they're amazing, and I connect with them, and they come back. They've come back for the last few years, and it's incredible. Uh, they're so supportive, and it's just you. You get to be way more creative with your own clients because they trust you, and you yeah, absolutely. But it is so nice to have those those mini sessions that I don't have to work for, just to add a little little spice to the mix, little diversity.
0: Kelsey, one of the things that really comes up when people move into entrepreneurship, it sounds really dreamy, right? When you're like, I'm gonna get up early and go to yoga and I'm gonna work out, and I'm gonna sweat before 7 a.m. And then it comes. And when you don't have, for a lot of us moving into out of the corporate world, when you don't have a corporate schedule, when you don't have somebody breathing down your neck it is actually a little challenging to set up a schedule for yourself. So I want to know if that's something that you've thought of. And you said that, that, that you're already like mixing up your weekends, but day to day, that's the hard stuff of like, okay, nobody's asking me to edit these photos. Nobody's asking me when this is going to be uploaded. This is all on me to under promise and over deliver. Is that something that you're nervous about? Is it something you've thought about? Yeah,
1: that's starting to creep up now <laughs> as the thing I'm nervous yep. about and not even money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I am a type A person and I do best when I have a lot of things on my plate. So that's why I can function so well in a corporate job while working part time as a photographer. And not even just that, you know me, I do. On top of that, I'm like on a wellness journey. I am... Trying. I have a website course. Like I'm doing all these things to stay busy because if I have downtime, I don't get things done, and so that does scare me a lot. With the life of an entrepreneur, having so much time and being able to stick to that schedule, because I know myself, I'm already telling myself, "Oh, I'm going to sleep in." Like that's amazing. I don't have to be on a meeting at nine a.m. Of course, I'm going to sleep in. <laughs> so I think it's it's something I haven't delved into too much because I'm just I'm. We're in August right now. I'm still about a month out, but it's something I will be stressing about as I get closer. I know that even when I have regular photography work throughout while I'm working full time, if I don't have like multiple sessions coming in, I will wait to edit that session that I shot last week for like three weeks. And that's not a good practice. <laughs> so, something I need to really focus on boundaries and setting a schedule of when to work because I'm worried that if I don't, I'm going to be working till midnight at the last minute and procrastinating.
0: I love that you know that about yourself though, at least. <laughs> Kelsey, what was the biggest hurdle or what has been the biggest hurdle that you've run into taking this sabbatical or going full-time? Not, not so much like from your, your leader who had a little bit of pushback, but like those core beliefs or family beliefs or just societal pushing their agenda on you. What has been some of the pushback or biggest hurdles that you've experienced?
1: I come from a family of achievers and I had no choice but to achieve because that's how I earned love. Um, The biggest pushback, and it's just summed summed up so well in my mom's response. Um, My parents are amazing. They want the best for me, but the best for me in their eyes is corporate success and a consistent paycheck in their mind. So I mentioned to my mom, probably back in January, I said the phrase, I am going to be a photographer full-time. Because at that point, I didn't know, know, how do I want to shape my entrepreneur journey? I knew I wanted to quit corporate. So in January, I said, I want to do photography full-time. I didn't say when, I just said that statement. Her response was, you need to do something that's going to make you money and keep you successful. And I think she doesn't understand that you can make money and be successful even as an entrepreneur. So, honestly, the biggest impact to me and the hardest challenge has been my family's response because they're so important to me and untangling all of that knotted crap, I'll say, and the way that I historically have thought about entrepreneurship and working for yourself and not being in a corporate role because it's all just deeply seated and rooted in my, my subconscious. So a lot of the issues are working through that to feel comfortable and safe to take the step. I think that's the biggest, biggest challenge. Everyone in my life, friends for the most part, aside from family, are extremely supportive. They're like, great, do whatever you want to do. That's going to make you happy. My family essentially has told me like, if you lose your job or you don't work in corporate, you will die. <laughs> so... <laughs>
0: And that's the end of your life as we know it. I think, Kelsey, a lot of people are going to resonate with that because I do think it's a generational thing. I'm, I'm very grateful that my dad was an entrepreneur and I got to see that he was a wedding videographer. But all the women in my life, my mother included, my aunt, my grandmother, they were all educators. And even whenever... Mike and I started dating. We quickly moved in with his parents shortly after we met because we were buying a house and it was a short sale. And if you've ever done a short sale, you don't know when you're going to close. It's just like a big game. So for us, it was six months before we closed. And I had, I had just quit my corporate job right before we started buying a house. And I told Mike's parents that I was going to be a photographer. And his dad was like, why? why, why won't you just go be a teacher? You get stopped. Like Mike's dad thinks that teaching is the greatest job in the whole world. Cause you get summers off. And I was like, I'd rather work during the summer and have the rest of the year off. So, I mean, yeah, I, I totally like understand that. Again, I th- I think it's a generational thing. I think our parents yeah. do want the best for us, but they do fear the worst of what happens if what we think should happen, does not happen. And I thank you so much for sharing that. I th- I think that's going to hit a lot, hit home for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And it, it is hard, but they are coming around to it. They're understanding because even I think I shared my most recent website with them and I did raise my prices and they're shocked. They're like, you charge that for your sessions. I think they think I'm making 50 bucks a session and that's not the case. I'm in much higher than that. So I think they understand numbers as well. That's why I'm so logical. Um, <laughs> so coming to them with a way that they can understand it from a monetary perspective makes more sense. So they are coming around to it. And I just have to keep telling myself, like, I'm doing the right thing. It feels right. Listen to my body and what what seems right for my future, not what they think is right for my future. Because I've tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> right.
0: I do want to point out, too, that during your planning process, Kelsey, you hired a virtual assistant to help lay the groundwork yep. for you. I'm just, I, I want to touch back on like how you prepared for this sabbatical. So what was that like hiring a virtual assistant to, I mean, that's that's a huge message to the universe saying, hey, I'm doing this and I'm going to need some support along the way.
1: Yeah, hiring a virtual assistant is amazing. It's expensive. I will say it is a huge message to the universe. Like I am all in but it takes so much work off of my plate that I don't even have to worry about my social media is just happening. It's running. She's posting for me multiple times a week and she's incredible, super responsive. And it's just, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing because there's things I don't like doing. Yes, I can do social media posts. Will I No. So it's, to me, it's a, a simple equation, like get someone else to do that because I know I will not do it. Um, Other things, I try to outsource as much as I possibly can. For a while, I had someone writing my blogs because I just don't like writing. Again, I'm logical. I'm not right-brained. So I had someone doing that for a while. And yeah, it reduces my profits, but it doesn't matter to me. It's so much more worth it to have that time back to live my life, do social things, hang out with my dog, like explore new business opportunity. And outsourcing that has really helped me, especially in the preparation phase, I had a team of people to help strategize how to best optimize this sabbatical. And we were able to create content around it. And I've been running, I've been advertising my business since like June, my fall business since June because of it. And Normally, I would be like, just starting it now, maybe. So I'm well ahead of the game. And I think it's really important to outsource where you can.
0: Absolutely. I want to. I have your website pulled up right now, Kelsey. It's so pretty. And just the photos make me so happy. There's so many laughing kids. Um, During the Launch to Livelihood course, one of the very first things we do is one, what are your gifts and how are you going to share them with the world? Like, what are you really good at? And I think this is a nice transition from like what I'm not good at, I outsource. But how did you get clarity around your? dream client, because you do work specifically with families and newborns. And I think that it's, there, there is some consistency there. Cause whenever you build that relationship with a family, you're pretty much in for life. You're in for a really long time, especially if you start with the newborn phase, but there is inconsistency because most people, some people can plan when they want to have their babies most people can't. And so I I, I am curious, what was it about families? And how did you get to that real core? Like your messaging on your website is just awesome. Like you speak directly to mom, what your role is in her life, and helping take care of the photo shoot stuff. So will you will you talk more about that?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, the way I got so clear on my messaging was from launch to livelihood, I can attribute that all to your course because there's you spend the first at least two weeks at least on understanding what you want to photograph, your niche, how you feel about it, and then you build from there on creating branding around it so it's all seamless. And I think if I had not done that step, I wouldn't be as clear as, of what I want to do today, and it it wouldn't reflect in my my art. So. Um, I think a lot of what I did in those early phases, I was following a lot of different photographers on Facebook and Instagram, etc. And I was looking at patterns. What do I like about their work? Why am I drawn to their work? Because to me, that means I know You're such a
0: data analyst. I know. <laughs> looking for patterns. It's, I'm <laughs> such a
1: logical person. And it's so funny that I want to be a photographer, but I love photography because to me, photography is patterns. It's, it, it is art and it is creative and it's capturing emotion. But it is also a lot of data and people don't realize that. Because if I can do it, anyone, anyone can learn how to do it. But <laughs> I'm so logical. I love it's this so much. And I love it about myself. I used to think it was a problem. And now I'm like, no, it's the best. It's, it, it's what makes me me, you know? So I started looking personally on what am I attracted to in other photographers' work? Because I think that means I want to create it. And it, it was true. That's what I'm trying to create because I follow these photographers, I was just drawn to families. I was drawn to uh, lifestyle newborn, not necessarily pose newborn, but lifestyle newborn. So it can get really, really, really specific depending on, you know, what you want to do with your business. But for me, the way I did it, I started noticing what I was attracted to in the photography space and kind of narrowing it down from there. And I think there's some like, Inner child stuff there, you know, what, why am I drawn to a certain photo of families? It's because I want that connection as well, that type of thing. So it it can get really deep if you allow yourself to go there. But that's how I niche down and found exactly who my ideal clients were. And also, I, I recognize I've always loved babysitting. I've always loved kids. I want to work with kids. They make a session so much fun. You just follow the kid around and make them have a good time. So that's really, been helpful as well. Like, what do I like to do and how can I translate that to photography?
0: Photographers, let me guess, you've been wanting to scale your photography business for quite some time now. You've cherry picked all the images, maybe you're shooting for free, and you've daydreamed of quitting your nine to five to work for yourself with unlimited freedom and outrageously loyal clients. But something just isn't aligning. You're throwing spaghetti at the wall and none of it's sticking. You fantasized about the income you could make if you just started, but the thought of starting your business makes you physically nauseous. If this sounds familiar, I am really excited to share with you a 12-week group coaching program and online course that I am working on for my audience. During our 12 weeks together, you're going to learn how to stand out in a saturated market by leveraging your unique gifts outside of the camera. You're going to establish your indelible brand experience that's going to result in referrals, rave reviews, outrageously loyal clients, and a booked up calendar. You're gonna leave our time together with a fully designed, beautifully crafted brand identity and client experience. On top of that, you're going to confidently master the ins and outs of authentic and ethical marketing. Not only are you going to get all of this, you're going to be immersed in an outrageously supportive community with yours truly myself along your side to walk this journey with you. Now there are lots of more bonuses and information. If you are interested, go to launchtolivelihood.com to learn more and apply. Even the 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 messaging, hey there, I'm Kelsey. I hustle, so you don't have to. I mean, you have you have it down to a of who you are talking to, who you want to work with and why you are the person to do that with them, even in your in your pricing. And I know pricing is such a big thing with photography. You have really gone through and made it as approachable as possible. You know, like instead of delivering the full gallery, like you pick a specific number of images that you're like, I know you're gonna love this. Like I'll take on the burden of you even having to narrow it down like myself, I usually deliver like 100, 150 images, which I get can be very overwhelming. So you have winnowed down the amount of work that parents have to do, specifically mom. And I just think you just nailed your your messaging. It's so wonderful.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. And also I did it with your help in L2L, uh, Launch the Livelihood. But I think for me, I I know what are my, the way I approached it was what am I really good at? Hustling is an example, whether that's good or bad. <laughs> and I knew I wanted to reach a more, not necessarily luxury, but higher end market. So I knew my prices had to be priced accordingly. And to do that, I want to take everything, all the work off of mom. I know moms have a lot on their plate. I am not currently one. So because I don't have children, I might as well be able to take the load off of mom a little bit and allow her to relax and have a good time during my session. So I'm glad my messaging is coming across.
0: It is absolutely your, your messaging. And that's, I mean, that's all you. That's all the hard work that you put into it when you were in the course and outside of the course. Cause you've been out of the course for, for a couple of years now. But yeah, I, th- I think it's really wonderful how clear the messaging is. There's no doubt who you want to work with. And like you said, you want to do attract a more high end client and that demands a little more not just from you but from the client too like please don't show up with a huge logo on your shirt because if you're paying this much i don't want to have to crop out or edit out an Abercrombie and Fitch logo you know like so there's a lot of educating that goes into what you do is educating the client here's what i need you to do and here's what i'm going to take on for you
1: yes exactly and i think a lot of it is and this is why having my own clients is so great because I can help curate that experience. I'm not just waiting for someone to show up with Nike across their shirt or like neon green clothes. I have um, a style guide and I have an email flow that all my clients get, you know, a curated experience specifically for them and what they're looking for. And it's just so fun. And the best compliment you can ever get. And the way you know, you're, you're doing it right. Is if your clients, like for me, Parents will text me after sessions and say, "The kids, the little kids who don't ever want their picture taken, want to come back tomorrow." So,
0: if, oh my gosh, that is the best compliment mm-hmm, ever. <laughs> when you win the
1: kids over, you win the moms over, and I just love kids and their energy. And it just it feels so good to give a client that experience, and and I just love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, part of part of the launch the livelihood course was actually like doing market research and. I think I was the only person who was a mom in the, no, Danielle was, was a mom. And so was Adrian. So you were able to do market research, like, Hey, would you guys want to do this? And we're like, no, absolutely not. We just want our kids to show up and like smile. Like I am lucky if I get everybody dressed and not covered in food before Mm -hmm. we leave. And so you were able to do market research within the safety of the group, but also in the alumni group, I think almost everybody. Or not almost everybody, but there are a lot of moms in the alumni group, mm-hmm. too, to be like, hey, does this messaging work? Or would you want to take this on? Or would this be helpful? So yeah, you just did so much work leading up to to right, right now. it, it all it's, it's all coming, I feel like, into this sabbatical chapter for you.
1: Um, and the market research piece is a really good point. Just having a community of photographers who've experienced something similar. That's why I love the alumni group. And some of my best friends now are from the original L2L group. We literally talk every day. The
0: OTs. Oh, I love Shout it so out. much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, you're right. I had to do all of that work to get to a place where I even felt comfortable considering the idea of a sabbatical. I could not have done this two years ago. It's a trust piece. It's, a, it's obviously a monetary piece. But building your business, the core of your business, I think is so important. And I feel I've done that. And now the challenges I encounter are so different than what they used to be. You know,
0: right? I mean, you can spend specifically in photography, you can spend four or five years throwing spaghetti at the wall. Like, oh, my first website, it was on a Wix website. It was violet purple. My logo was made from papyrus, which anybody who has ever used Microsoft Word knows that font. And I had pictures of everything up. I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know who I was speaking to, and. I made it all about myself and nobody cares. They just want to know like, yeah, who are you? What does your face look like? Are you a serial killer? And also, how can you help my family? So, or me me as a couple or whatever it is, but you you shaved off four to five years of experimenting, just getting down to the core of what you want your business to look like. And like you said, there, there is a level of trust you have to have with yourself and with your business. Growing a business is like, you know, raising a child, like it's so much work at the beginning, and then eventually it starts to kind of develop its own identity and then it takes it grows legs and it kind of runs itself after a while, but there is that trust building time that 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 you you have
1: to go through. With the trust, I think about businesses I choose to interact with, it doesn't have to be a small business. Any doctor I work with or ch- go to if I can, I want to feel comfortable going to that person. It's a trust thing. So why would it be any different with someone hiring their photographer? And I think that's what Launch to Lively had helped me realize before I needed to know that. And it's it's been a journey of like building that trust. And I'm in the whole phase where my business is starting to grow legs, which is so fun. It's so fun to see. It's like a little tadpole. It is. It's seriously. It seriously starts to get its legs. <laughs> like last year was so I was so surprised by how it started walking on it. So my business did. And, and then it just went back to crawling. But hopefully, we're going to be running in this fall. And I think all that trust could not have been built before the sabbatical. If I if I didn't have any of that core, the core business grounded in the branding and my messaging and you know, who my ideal client is. So it then none of that could have my sabbatical could not have been possible. If any of that did not happen.
0: No, I'm so proud of you, Kelsey. You have done an enormous amount of work while working full time. I just have to repoint that out. Like you're still working full time. And at some point you, you are going to want to make that leap. And I love that you're going to have this, these very cherished six weeks to just experiment and see what that's going to look like.
1: Yeah, I, I'm nervous, but I'm, it's more of like an excited nervous. It's again, testing out the waters. See how I feel, and I'm probably just going to get hooked and say, you know what, I'm jumping all in. I think the scariest part is to jump. And you've talked about this a lot, I think, on your podcast, just about how you jumped. And I think a lot of people don't feel like they can do that. And this is another option, I think. And it's a really cool option for those who are a little more timid to be able to do it. I've even considered, like, you know, working for, I work on a, or I live on a very busy, like, commercial street. I've considered, working at a random shop for 6 weeks if I need to just to you know make it work. Luckily I don't have to, but there are ways. If you start thinking You can creatively. always make money. You can mm-hmm. always make money. That is the biggest lesson I've learned in the last 6 months. And you can do it in any way shape or form, obviously safely and legally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it'll be there. It it'll happen. Like you knew that uh, my fridge decided to sort of die the other day. And I wouldn't even freak out. I was like, okay, the money will come like it'll happen to replace my fridge. It's okay. And just feeling secure with that and knowing that I think is also a huge step. So it's all a microcosm for my sabbatical <laughs> experience coming up.
0: I cannot wait to hear at the end of those six weeks where you're at. Because I'd be like, I mean, it'll be really interesting if you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quitting my job January 1st or whatever it is. I yeah. doubt that'll be the case, but maybe and myself and all your support will be there to support you. Like it's, it's going to be wonderful. I cannot wait to hear how the, how the six weeks goes. Kelsey, I love to end with this question. When was the last time you did not feel like
1: enough? That's a great question. And it's been a while. i love the hesitation yay
0: (laughs) i love that
1: yeah it's been a while it's been at least a month and it was related to an area of a personal area of my life that i'm working on right now it had nothing to do with any of this and i love it and it had nothing to do with some of my triggers um it was in the dating world so it's been a while and i feel really proud of that fact You should be proud. That's
0: amazing. Thank
1: you for sharing that. Yeah. I love
0: having a win. Yeah, that's a, w- a huge win. Just a wonderful win like that.
1: I didn't even realize that was a win. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Yay! Awesome. Now you
0: have it. Go forth on your day and feel feel on cloud nine. Yeah,
1: I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> well, Kelsey, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. And I just, again, I cannot wait to hear what, what happens after the six week sabbatical and where your business goes at that point. I'm really excited. When is the last day of your sabbatical? Is, is it in November?
1: Yes. I go October 4th through November 14th. I'll be back at work on November 15th and then a little break for the holidays. So it's perfect timing.
0: That break during the holidays will be a really interesting integration period of Okay. What was that experience like? What did that do to me and my brain? What do I want moving forward? And what do I want to leave behind? Mm -hmm. I'll be really excited come December to hear
1: where, where you're sitting with all of this. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll come back and do a follow-up podcast on quitting my job. Part (laughs) two!
0: oh my gosh, part two, I cannot wait. Or even, yeah, quitting your job or like what a sabbatical was like, what you learned from it. Okay, well, we're going to put that on the calendar. I love it. And hope that neither one of us is sick for another six months. <laughs> we will not be. Um, so, <laughs> I'm putting it out there now. I'm taking my my ginger and garlic shots right now. So, Can I have that recipe, yeah, please and it. thank you. <laughs> yes, I will send it, yeah. <laughs> Well, Kelsey, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate your time and being here. And thank you so much for listening today on the Fearless Vampire. We'll see you next time.